Growing the Middle East's digital economy relies as much on cutting-edge infrastructure as demand from consumers for e-commerce. You're listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from the National in Abu Dhabi. I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, Assistant Editor-in-Chief. With me is my co-host, Kelsey Warner. Hey, Mustafa. Hi. Uh, before we start, um, if you want to subscribe to this show, please do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your audio content. So, Kelsey, how are you? I'm well. Today we're talking Stripe, so I'm excited. Good. Um, well, as I said at the top, it's infrastructure for the digital economy, and you can't grow e-commerce and other aspects of that digital economy without having the infrastructure in place. Right. When you go to pay for something online, how are you paying for it? And in this region, I do think it's been a pain point for a lot of small business owners, would-be entrepreneurs, people even in the fintech space who would like these options to be easier. Stripe is the big dog on campus for sure, and their debut in the region and choosing Dubai to domicile and headquarter it was an exciting announcement last month, to be fair. And and so for the uninitiated who might not be aware of Stripe, because they are, as we're saying, sort of back end. If you're buying from even from Amazon, you necessarily you don't know who's processing your your payments. But for Stripe to come in is a big deal for those who want to sell something online, right. whatever it might be. Right. And in this growing digital economy, as you're referencing, where more and more is being purchased online and more and more, you know, both real goods and services, but also digital services. So Apple's App Store, Amazon.com, Booking.com, if you're booking a trip. So these bigger companies have used Stripe, long used Stripe for the last decade, and now it's becoming available here. And so talking to the head of the regional Stripe offices about you know, we're in this big tech space, and I liked that you pushed him on this. Can something be, can we be too ubiquitous these days? What are the dangers of that? I think ta- it's an interesting moment as they're in a global expansion mode to be asking those questions, to be thinking about the digital realm and all that it entails. So speaking to Matt Henderson, the regional head of the Europe, Middle East, and Africa markets during this time, I think opportune and just compelling. Let's listen to that discussion now. Matt Henderson, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, We're excited to have you here. So last month, Stripe announced that it would be expanding its operations into the Middle East with a debut headquarters in the GCC in Dubai uh, around the same time that a new in the latest funding round valued at $95 billion, making it the most valuable private company out of Silicon Valley these days. So a, a flurry of headlines. So we're excited to speak to you now. And so I want to ask you, Stripe is in seemingly expansion mode globally, and the new office in Dubai does mark its Middle East debut. Can you talk a little bit about just why now for Stripe in the Middle East? You know, one of the things that's really uh, appealed to us is there's just so much momentum in the UAE um, and the surrounding area, and you see it in multiple ways. The startup sector locally is, uh, is really taking off. The market for digital payments is now, um, you know, more than doubled in the past couple of years. So almost $20 billion. Um, And then so, you know, there's such a global um, outlook from the region as well, that it means that there's many global businesses that want to launch in the region. And there's also many uh, companies from the region that want to expand globally. So all of those things together mean that we're, um, we're really 
bullish about the opportunity today, but also like just so excited about how it's going to grow and the trajectory of the digital economy over the coming years. So PayPal was founded in 1998. Uh, Stripe came along, you know, 11 years later, was founded by the Collison brothers in 2009. And then this is a bit of a disjointed question, but then Amazon acquired Souk here in the Middle East for $580 million back in 2017. That's sort of a quick timeline. So it's a bit of a complicated question, but why is Stripe different from PayPal? And where have you guys been all this time? So I feel like e-commerce, SMEs, startup culture here has been heating up for years, 2021. It almost seems like, you are you guys late? <laughs> where have you been? And how are you better and different from PayPal? Well, um, firstly, um, but before I describe a bit about Stripe's timing and, and how we're expanding globally, um, I'll just sort of lay out some differences uh, among Stripe and other companies. Um, so Stripe uses a lot of um, existing financial system and, and payments infrastructure and stitches it together into a product that becomes easier to use as well as very highly performant but across many payment methods and many payment capabilities. And so that means that Stripe's users will implement it in order to accept card payments and also in order to accept other payment methods, including wallets like PayPal and Klarna and so on. Um, so our users are typically merchants, um, internet-focused businesses that want to accept money for their business, no matter what the payment method in contrast, wallets like PayPal and Klarna and others, they are more focused on the consumer as their customer and, um, and they're providing kind of one payment method. And so, um, you know, the, the, what often happens with the, the, the broader fintech ecosystem is you get a lot of these different players that are focused on different parts of, of the ecosystem and, um, and, and not really directly in competition with one another. And, um, and then um, I was just going to add about our country expansion. So Stripe's uh, operating now for merchants in 44 countries around the world. Um, we have a further three countries through our subsidiary Paystack in Africa. And uh, one of the things that has taken us time in country expansion is that the, the world of payments has sort of evolved from a very domestic beginning. And so initially you had uh, offline economies only. The payments infrastructure and the regulation for it was often set up initially by groups of banks within a domestic economy, often uh, very under the guidance of the local regulator. Um, and that has led to differences in how it operates. And so for Stripe, when we go into a country, there's quite a lot of work involved in um, preparing to work with that domestic infrastructure and adapting our technology uh, to work with it. One of the reasons why it's quite a lot of work is that when we extend Stripe to a new country, we really want the, the user experience to be seamless across all of our countries. And we want our global users to be able to follow Stripe in with, with very little incremental work. And that's actually something that's, that's um, quite unique about Stripe and, and different from other payments companies. Can I ask, uh, Matt, sort of on a bigger picture point of view, what, what do you think uh, your technology and sort of the bigger uh, emphasis on improving or making digital payments more efficient is, is, is bringing in overall? Like what, what, what ultimately are going to be the, the benefits from the evolution of the digital payments uh, landscape? So there's two things that Stripe is really um, uniquely strong at. 
One is that we are able to abstract the complexity of the existing payments ecosystem into a product experience that is much easier for our merchants to implement. And so often when merchants are deciding on a payment provider, um, their engineers, their own development team will be very um, loud advocates for Stripe because they know that something that might take months with, uh, with another payments company will take only minutes with Stripe. Um, so that, that ease of use that, that increases their own speed um, reduces the amount of resources that they have tied up in payments work. That's really Stripe's original value proposition. The other thing that we're uniquely strong at is enabling our merchants, our customers, to begin new revenue streams. And that is uh, partly because we help to embed additional products. And so you see, um, for example, Illusions Online, which which is a a, a great uh, digital success story from the UAE. Uh, They have a um, travel bookings uh, business, and they are now um, using Stripe infrastructure to create an Illusions payments product that's uh, particularly well-suited for their um, travel v- industry vertical um, and adds value and is something that that um, goes beyond a just a horizontal infrastructure service like Stripe itself. And we see that popping up all over the world where Stripe users are using Stripe's infrastructure to create new products that represent a new revenue stream for them. We're doing this with card issuing. We're doing it with um, with, with payments, obviously. Um, and in the future, I think you'll see many more products like that. I mean, it, I, I don't want to compare you too closely to uh, some of the global companies that have emerged in the last couple of decades, particularly on the tech side, whether it's it's Google or Apple. But it, I, I wonder, culturally, is there not something that is lost by everybody using Stripe as opposed to using the, a more indigenous uh, payment system, even if it comes, you know, it, it might sound to the average person listening, like, what? who do they care that processes their payment as long as their payment is processed and is safe and is secure. But, um, you know, from everything from having to drink the same Starbucks coffee everywhere I go to, um, you know, having to use Google Maps or whatever it might be, is, is there not a feeling now that there, there's too much homogeny going on? And, and you know, why, why should everybody have to use Stripe, even if you are better um, it, or more efficient for the merchant? Shouldn't there be a local, a local player that we turn to? Uh, in this market, it feels it feels like you want to be everywhere, in every place for everyone, and power to you. But if if I feel once bitten, twice shy on on the whole tech front. Firstly, I'd say payments is an enormous market, and and the wider um, fintech ecosystem is, is even greater still. And there's room for many winners, many success stories in the space, and we expect that to happen. I would say that there's quite a big difference between um, an infrastructure provider and um, being a more vertically integrated company that controls everything all the way up to the, the end customer experience. Um, and what you, see, um, what you see companies building with Stripe is that what they're building reflects the diversity of their cultures and their different business models and their own creativity. And so, um, you know, I think that, uh, that, that when infrastructure providers flourish, it typically um, unlocks uh, entrepreneurship and this great variety that you know you associate with that with a creative economy. 
It's one of the reasons why uh, Stripe has been particularly uh, sort of its success has been synonymous with this this rapid rise of digital startups is that actually our infrastructure removes barriers to entry. And so what might have in the past taken many months and the kind of uh, internal workforce equivalent of a fixed cost of a million dollars, it now becomes something that's entirely on demand and much more accessible. And so um, smaller startups can have the same power in their capabilities that much larger companies do. The other thing to add is that uh, with payments being domestic, historically, uh, what was happening is that a lot of companies were missing out on a global market. And so that was... uh, that was sort of stifling the opportunity in front of them. And so if if I think uh, today about some early Stripe users in the UAE, like um, Chatfood, for example, builds this great product to help help, uh, restaurants and businesses in the food sector to, to market themselves online. And they have gone global, so they're addressing customers all over the world. And uh, having a payments provider that can help them to address a global market with much less incremental work has, has really helped these like globally oriented startups to have great success. And so that global infrastructure is something that is, is uh, advantageous for, the, for countries like the UAE to, um, to be able to really realize the potential of the great talent that, that you have there, um, talent like uh, like chat food, but but also you know there'll be numerous uh, tech startups from uh, from from this combination of talent and investment that's happening that's happening there in the sector. Stripe timing wise came onto the scene with the rise of the app economy and e-commerce becoming the payment gateway for Amazon and Shopify around the time that e-commerce was taking off, as well as the rise of the gig economy with Lyft and Deliveroo. Uh, now. You know, you're getting into things like online ticketing with Twitter's ticketed spaces this week that just made news and, you know, online transactions for Facebook, Google, Microsoft. How much of Stripe's, when you think about what you sell what or what is sold via Stripe, how much of this will be happening more in the virtual world? How much of that are you eyeing growth in versus e-commerce, which is still fairly nascent in this region. Can you can you talk a little bit about actually just what gets sold online these days? We do have a large number of, of Stripe users that have digital goods of one sort or another. They're actually typically not um, a virtual world in a kind of um, uh, entertainment or gaming type place, but, um, but more like uh, software companies that are selling software as a service products to businesses a- around the world. You can think of an example. There's an Irish company called Glowflox that um, sells software that is used by um, gyms and yoga studios and businesses like that. And um, and so they use Stripe. And, and, and now that Stripe is launched in the UAE, um, Glowfox have also launched their product in the UAE because it, it makes it much easier for them to do so. Now, um, that's a digital product, but, uh, but it actually it enables... Um, business to happen in the real economy. And so um, Glowfox themselves, their software is great and it helps these like a, a local yoga studio in uh, in Dubai to be able to operate their um, their customer management and their transactions and their booking more effectively. And so you know Stripe's mission is to increase the GDP of the internet 
And really, if you unpack that, it's about enabling business to take place that wouldn't otherwise have taken place. That is where you can really drive the GDP of the internet. And, and because of so many uh, software companies being part of this, uh, the, these internet transactions, if you, if you sort of look behind the software transaction, there's, there's often a service to a company in the physical world, in the traditional economy, um, that it's helping to make more efficient as well. And so, um, you know, I, I think you'll see as digital transactions increase over time, you'll also see that uh, representing not only an upsurge in more um, digital products and virtual world products, but also something that's helping um, the, the traditional economy to operate that much more effectively as well. Can you talk a little bit about um, talking, so digital transactions, what about digital currency or cryptocurrency. Does Stripe have a strategy for that? I'm not the best place to, to, to comment on it. It's not part of my uh, remit at Stripe. Um, but uh, Stripe historically uh, has been an investor in some in some projects um, in the cryptocurrency space. You know, going back a few years, there was a time when Stripe supported Bitcoin. So there's a common thread at Stripe that as new products in the payments and, and fintech space emerge, new sort of parts of the ecosystem, if it's something that will help businesses to succeed online and then and, and sort of true to the mission of increasing the GDP of the internet, then we'll try to find a way to, to use it in order to help our, our merchants benefit from it. And so, you know, should, should cryptocurrencies cross the, the bridge um, from being more of a store of value to being something that's that's more um, practical for payments, then you know that's something that could happen. So you're kind of uh, currency or, or asset agnostic. Whatever whatever your clients need to transact in you in the future, you'd you'd evolve to enable that essentially. We tend to be um, a payments feature agnostic. Yes. So more broadly, if we're talking sort of topical uh, digital themes at the moment, the cybersecurity. Cybercrime, hacking, um, ransomware—I mean, all of this has become far more familiar um, to to people uh, than it was maybe a few years ago. Um, and I wonder, you know, when you're when you're talking to clients in the region, when you're when you're talking about digital payment systems, how important is sort of cybersecurity to that conversation at the moment? How are you finding that? Well, it's it's security and reliability are just tremendously important, and and so often actually the the limelight is is placed on um, on some new new products or new country launches and so on, um, but actually a very high proportion of our um, focus and our investment goes into um, making Stripe incredibly reliable, incredibly secure. And, and trusted um, from the smallest users all the way up to to huge enterprises. Uh, it takes a lot of our work. The, the there's different parts to um, to security specifically that um, that sort of comes together to help protect a business online. And so um, security from the payments company is extremely important, but also security considerations of their own infrastructure and how they're hosting it, their own website and how they're hosting it and the way that they're communicating with their with their customers and others. Yeah, because I mean it's it's the humans that's the problem really in, rather than the tech. So if you know as you gain more customers, 
then you become the, the risk of of there being weaknesses or vulnerabilities because more and more people are are on the Stripe network. Um, it, it becomes much harder to police. So you know, with that scale, as you said, comes a lot of responsibility. So how much, you know, how much resource and effort are you are you now having to put towards education and uh, you know, helping uh, your your clients and your customers to to understand the growing risks that are out there. So firstly, I'd say that although the the digital economy, the greater size of it, means that there's more attractive opportunities for potential bad actors, um, for Stripe's security precautions, our scale is an advantage. We're able to um, we're able to invest more uh, and bring more technology to bear in protecting our users, but also we're able to use. Um, many more data signals to identify patterns of potentially fraudulent behavior. And so we have products like Stripe Radar that um, detect uh, potentially risky transactions. And products like this is, have, have saved our users many, many millions of dollars of, of potentially fraudulent transactions. So I want to switch gears a little bit. Over 10,000 companies, Stripe said, had registered interest in you know, registering with Stripe following the UAE launch. And you said that you'd be queuing up, you know, invitations. How, how are you managing that? And do you have a target through the end of year for how many companies will be registered with Stripe in the region? Yeah, so actually, um, you know, we've really been uh, wowed by the response in the region. Um, we've now had uh, more than 13,000 businesses express interest in utilizing Stripe. So um, when, when you think of the, uh, the size of the economy there, it's, it's really a great, uh, a great response. The number one priority for us is building a great product and continuing to help make sure that our early users are, uh, are successful. And so, you know, a lot of our goals are more around the success of our users than the particular number of users we have. But, you know, we've, we've found with this momentum, it's already exceeded our expectations at, at 13,000 users. And I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, that that momentum continues. And given how much the market is developing, uh, given sort of all of those ingredients are there for not only fast growth of the digital economy, but a long runway of growth, I think that, uh, that the UAE will just become a very important market for us. Can you give me just a bit of a sense of the makeup of those 13,000 companies? Where are you seeing demand? We have seen demand mostly from, from what I'd describe as internet-first businesses. So they are either a uh, like a, a tech startup based locally um, uh, in Dubai or elsewhere in the UAE, um, or they are um, tech startups in the surrounding GCC that may have a, an entity and a presence in the UAE as well. And then we also have uh, quite a bit of interest now from global companies that, uh, that, that are keen to use a Stripe service for uh, their business in the UAE. Uh, either they're looking to, um, to move there for the first time or they're looking to, to switch over from a previous provider. So um, quite a variety of, of sorts of situation and also huge variety in the scale of the business as well. And so, you know, we work with from one person startups uh, all the way up to sort of multi-billion dollar enterprise companies. And we're, we're already seeing that breadth of scale in the spectrum of the users that we've either started to work with in the UAE or, or who have expressed interest in joining. In terms of the, the way that the, the process of users um, launching, 
the um, you know we're at a point now where more and more invitations are going out and and the number is rapidly rising. So I expect that um, that we will have uh, a very large number of them online you know over the coming weeks. Pat Anderson, please come back and talk to us again later this year. And thank you for talking to us today. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm so excited about the market there. That was Stripe's Matt Henderson speaking to Kelsey and I. Uh, Kelsey, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. All that remains is to thank our production team, Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan. Please do join us again next time.